everybody, and welcome to another brand new edition of T Watches a Scary Movie. I'm T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate everybody tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes always go up Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. You should be able to see the link for that over this way as well, too. Um, if you hit subscribe to the YouTube page, you'll get all the alerts for when new episodes are going up. Uh, again, we do new episodes every Wednesday night, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. But uh, I actually just started this week and I'm going to be going on with this for a couple of months here. Uh, covering the TV show Killer Camp. Yes, on the CW on Sunday nights, it is season two of their horror themed reality challenge competition called killer camp and i'm doing recaps of episodes of the show every monday night now as well too so we're gonna cover the entire second season as it goes on uh my first episode went up this week definitely check that out there'll be a link to it here at the end of the episode as well too but our normal episodes are still going up every wednesday night at uh 8 30 p.m mountain standard time and of course in addition to the youtube page you can also catch us on uh podbean as well too so that's one of the places if you just want like the audio version of the show i am working currently on still getting itunes and spotify up and running it is a process y'all uh and it's unfortunately a process that takes more time when you don't have a lot of time right now so my schedule should be opening up here after this weekend and we should be good to get it up there sooner than later uh yeah and we're in the midst of our horror movie marathon right now we just finished 137 i believe uh we just did ravenous uh with uh excuse me monday night uh was last one we did tuesday we swapped over and did some tv which we're gonna get to uh, but we're up to 137 we still got more coming uh today which is wednesday the 13th by the way we have some that you might have missed including eden lake cargo disturbing behavior scream 2 and the nightmare on elm street remake so get over to the discord if you want to participate in that with us that's where we do our watch parties if you need the link got to go to the facebook group which is facebook.com slash group slash t scary movie again facebook.com slash group slash t scary movie uh, link should be over there as well too if you go to that link and get subscribed to the page you'll be able, to be able to see some of the written reviews that i do you'll be able to find a link to the discord to join us for our watch party see things like giveaways all that kind of fun stuff you want to get signed up for that but we're up to 137 we still have about two and a half weeks left here in october we are definitely gonna hit the 152 that we did last year but I'm positive we're going to get past that. My goal, as you all know, was 175 movies. And I think we're actually going to hit that. We might go over that too. But we'll see. Some other great ones coming. Halloween Kills is coming up this Monday. Yes, remember, they are releasing it in theaters and on Peacock on, at, on the same exact day. So we start our horror, uh, Halloween marathon tomorrow. We are watching uh, watching the first five Halloween films there. And we're taking out Halloween 3. We're doing Halloween 1, Halloween 2, and then I think we're doing H2O Resurrection and Halloween 2018. And then on Monday, we're going to fill in the blanks there, get Halloween 3, 4, 5, and 6. And then we're doing Halloween Kills on Monday. So we got a lot of great stuff coming up there. But I digress from what we're talking about. I mentioned we are going to talk a little scary TV. Uh, yesterday... 
uh, which was Tuesday night, by the way, Tuesday the 12th. We actually got to do our first TV watch party in a long, long time. If y'all remember, uh, in addition to our normal Wednesday night movie watch parties that we do when it's not scary season, we also have been doing TV watch parties as well. And we watched such great things as uh, the cre first two seasons of Creep Show. Um, we've watched some Dexter. We watched They. Uh, we've watched like a lot of stuff together there. And now we're about to get back into it. Last night, we got a chance to watch the season premiere, or the series premiere, excuse me, of Chucky. It is finally here. We got episode one. So excited to talk about that. Uh, we also watched, though, uh, we got to watch the first episode of season three of Creep Show, which we will also be talking. We got to watch the first episode of the From Dust Till Dawn TV show, the first episode of Swamp Thing, and we actually watched a couple episodes of The Haunting of Hill House as well, too. So we had a great time last night, and I'm excited to get back to these TV watch parties with y'all in November. We just got to get through the spooky season because we had to watch as many movies as possible, but I'm so stoked to get back to that um, because we have a lot of great TV coming up, uh, and that's part of what we are talking about here tonight. So, last night, in addition to the series premiere of Chucky, we also got a sneak peek of the Day of the Dead TV show. And by sneak peek, what they actually meant was the complete first episode, which shocked the hell out of me, was not expecting it, but I definitely stayed tuned after Chucky to watch it. Damn, that was a good lead-in. And it kind of sucks that that show is going to be placed on Friday nights, is what it looks like, because putting it right after Chucky is a genius genius move and it definitely should happen more and more and more um but we got a chance to see that um and then of course we watched the first episode like i mentioned of season three of creep show so that's what we're talking tonight uh, it's gonna be a very spoiler free show because um obviously chucky just aired and i love everybody in that franchise so much that i don't really want to spoil anything this soon so we're not going to really go into spoil uh spoiler territory with chucky uh, we're also going to talk again the first episode of season three of Creep Show, and we're going to talk the series premiere of Day of the Dead as well too. So that's what we're getting into. Um, but let's just get started right away with Chucky. If you watched my recap from uh, a couple of weeks ago, we recapped recap the entire series and where we were at. We were left off at the end of Cult of Chucky with Chucky having learned uh, more about the voodoo powers that he has and is now able to basically splinter, fracture, break off his soul. And uh, he's put that soul into multiple dolls. That soul is also in the body of Mika Pierce, uh, who is running around doing God knows what with, uh, with uh, Tiffany Valentine right now as well too. And last we saw, Andy Vincent was locked up in an asylum. Uh, Andy Vincent, mixing the real name and the fake name. A Andy Barclay was locked up in an asylum attempting to come and help Mika and end Chucky once and for all. Unfortunately, it didn't work out, and he was left locked in a cell. With the Chucky, season, uh, Chucky series premiere here, we are taken to the town of Hackensack, New Jersey. Hackensack, New Jersey. That is right. Uh, the first episode is called Death by Misadventure. And we're starting off with a podcast called Hack and Slash that's told by our main character, Jake Weber, played by Zachary Arthur. Uh, he's listening to a, pod, a podcast called Hack and Slash by a friend of his, Devin Evans, who's talking about the sordid history of Hack and Sack and everything around it. Because as we find out, Hack and Sack, New Jersey, is the hometown of Charles Lee Ray, uh, who obviously is Chucky, the 
title character of this show. So we already know off the back that there has to be some big, big callbacks and more information we're going to be getting about Charles Lee Ray. Because if we're going back to his hometown, clearly we're going to have a big focus on that. And the show definitely sets up that Charles Lee Ray's childhood is going to be a part of that. Um, they talk about during the episode a story about uh, Charles Lee Ray's parents being killed. And we know Chucky. We know how Chucky is. It is not hard to assume who is responsible for the murder of Chucky's, uh, Chucky's family now. And again, I say that, and Don Mancini's a fantastic writer. So I'm going to say, of course, Chucky is behind it. And we're going to get some kind of twist where it turns out, hey, Chucky didn't actually do any of this at all. Uh, he was actually innocent and something else happened, which would be cool as well, too. But we'll see as the show goes on. But um, we are introduced to Jake Wheeler. Uh, Jake, lives, uh, uh, Jake lives with his father. Uh, uh, his father, Lucas, uh, who is a, uh, mechanic, but as we later found out, he's not the best kind of mechanic. And the two of them are kind of dealing with a loss. Um, and it's kind of interesting cause we're going to talk about creep show here in a little bit there, but their family's obviously a bit broke, uh, broken. They don't seem to have the most available or afforded to them. And Lucas actually has a twin brother played, uh, also portrayed by Devin Sawa named Logan who is a little well off, a little better off than Jake and Lucas are currently doing. So Jake picks up a Chucky doll at a uh, random uh, random yard sale, takes it home. We find out, you know, Jake's putting together some kind of art piece that involves doll parts, doll heads, things like that. Um, and it's kind of put him more at ends with his dad because uh, Jake also is gay. And not a big deal. It's 2021. We really shouldn't be looking at that as that being any kind of like, oh my God, that's so weird or out of place or anything like that. But I will say uh, it is both interesting and actually really fucking cool to see that we get to see somebody in the LGBT community be front and center for a, uh, not, not, just, not just a TV show, but a horror TV show, an established franchise here having a character be front and center like that because we don't get that often usually it's going to be like the gay best friend and a lot of tropes and a lot of like movies and tv shows like this um but it's kind of cool to see that we get this um that it, it really shouldn't be a big deal right off the jump everybody accepts it everybody seems kind of cool with that even if jake's life isn't so great uh jake kind of gets bullied by uh, uh by his cousin junior played by Tio Briones. Uh, he's bullied by a junior's girlfriend, uh, Lexi, played by Olivia Allen Lind. Um, he's bullied by a few other people in school, and he's also bullied by his dad. So Jake is clearly emotionally vulnerable as this show's presented. Um, Jake's mother passed away, and there's uh, some resentment there regarding the relationship between Jake and his dad, uh, Lucas as well. His dad, unfortunately, has fallen on hard times. Not very easy for him to come across the money that they need to kind of live their lives and everything like that. Um, it's clear to see there's a bit of alcoholism running running in there as well, too. And his dad's also a bit abusive. And a lot of that could be from the circumstances and the situation that they're in. But Jake's just not having the best time in life right now. So when he stumbles upon this Chucky doll, things start taking a very interesting turn for Jake. Uh, for example... Um, after being continuously bullied at school, uh, during a certain day, uh, Chucky 
takes it upon himself to get revenge amongst Jake's tormentors. Chucky kind of infiltrates himself amongst a lot of these people in these situations that are going on in town and gets to hear a lot of secrets that people in town have. And he uses that at a talent show that Jake goes to where uh, one of Jake's bullies, um, Lexi, is pretty much using that time to kind of make fun of him and a few other people. And Chucky, uh, ingenious, by the way, absolutely ingenious, the use of the doll here, uh, goes into a routine that everybody, of course, thinks is Jake and reveals some of these secrets and some uh, some harmful information that may come back to actually cause Jake some problems later down the line. In addition, uh, Andy Barclay uh, sh pops up briefly in this episode as he finds out that, hey, a Chucky doll has shown up, something's going on, Jake somehow has this doll, and there's something not great about Jake having this doll. Now, we as the audience know, of course, this is Chucky. Chucky even reveals himself to Jake uh, by the end of the episode as well, too, there. Uh, we're not taking that time that we have to in a few of the other films, and that's okay because it's still a continuation of that story. Remember, this is not a reboot by any means. It's not a reimagining or anything like that. This is the story that Don Mancini started telling back in 88 with Chucky and Andy and Karen uh, and Mike and everybody else there. And we're just continuing this story, you know, 30, 40 years later and seeing where Chucky is at now. And we get to go right into it. We're not having to worry about the idea of we're going to spend 30 to 45 minutes wondering, is Chucky actually alive and doing this? No, we know by now that this is a doll that has the soul of a serial killer and that it is a murderous, murderous, homicidal doll that will kill everybody in sight. Um, the series handles the violence in it very, uh, very well. There was only one death in the premiere, only one death in the premiere here. Um, and it's a very important one though, because it kind of ties back to a lot of the themes that were in the first two child's play movies with, uh, with Andy Barclay and what he dealt, dealt with when these murders started happening. And hey, you're saying, you know, a doll is behind this. No one's going to believe that, obviously. So it's very interesting to see them kind of like not not do the exact same thing, but hit some of those same beats there. But it's a modernized world. You know, we're in 2021 at this point here. It's a very modernized world and people can look at certain facts differently now. So intrigued to see where this is going. Um, again, as I mentioned, we got to see a little bit of Charles Lee Ray as a child with his mom. Um, some very big Halloween vibes there. If you remember, uh, Michael popping in on his sitter, uh, on sitter, on his sister at the beginning of the first Halloween. He murders her, murders the boyfriend, um, and that kind of sets like the entire series off, basically. And very big Halloween vibes coming from this, which is not so bad because we all want to know more about Charles Lee Ray. Uh, Chucky is fantastic. It's one of the only series that has been consistent. The continuity has stayed the same. So yeah, let's learn more about Charles Lee Ray. We're going to learn more about all these other characters as well too. But fantastic acting from everybody we've gotten a chance to see in it as well. Um, Jake is a very much a, very much a likable protagonist um, and he's reacting in my opinion, how uh, a kid of his age really would. Like, it's not a lot of show acting to where they're over the top or, and this is not an insult, but kids are smarter or they're dumber than what they really should be. Like, Jake seems like a normal, everyday teenage boy, which is fucking awesome. And it helps that he's surrounded by a cast that's also the same age group. You know, we're not taking 20-year-old actors or actors who are like 18 or 19 and making them play, you know, 13-year-olds. Like, everybody is in the right age, so we're getting the right reactions out of them. Um, 
And like Jake's bullies, uh, his cousin Junior and Lexi, played by Tio Briones, uh, Tio Briones and Olivia Allen Lynn, uh, do a great job tormenting Jake. And we know that uh, from what we've seen in this episode, down the line, that's going to end up coming back again. Uh, these relationships that Jake has with them, and whether these people are going to remain enemies or are they going to turn around and end up finding themselves on Jake's side when inevitably Jake and Chucky come to a head. Um, Devin Evans, uh, I can't pronounce the name, and I'm going to figure it out. Um, I'm, I'm thinking it's Jorvin Morrison, and I will get that right for the next episode. That's on me. Um, who plays Devin, seems to be our narrator for the show as his podcast. We get to hear the audio of it during some very important parts during the show itself. So it seems that Devin's going to kind of guide the show as we go along through this first season. Um, Lexa Doig showed up as Bree Wheeler, uh, Jake's aunt, married to uh married to uncle logan and there's clearly something going on behind the scenes with her as well too right now the implication could be is that she's having an affair but we don't know that for sure it's only episode one and we got a lot in episode one so much to look forward to and we are going to be talking chucky every week folks so um i'm going to try to include it with my killer camp recaps on monday so we have just a dedicated space for that and we're keeping this to movies but that is the season premiere of chucky Please make sure you're tuning in for that. Uh, we're going to get back to that in November in our watch parties there. Um, but make sure you're tuning in, guys. They deserve uh, they deserve the watching. They're fantastic. Love that family. Love the cast. Love the crew. Everybody with it. Such a good show. Uh, Creep Show. Creep Show Season 3, Episode 1. Yeah, so we are finally into Season 3 of this show. And it's interesting because um, my good friend Eric Brady, who watched the episode with us last night, pointed out that he kind of felt that this first episode was a bit weak. And Creepshow seemingly has uh, does that very regularly in the two seasons we've seen so far. Now with the third season, to where that first episode is kind of on the weaker side. The stories aren't as strong, but then the season always builds itself up. And they're not bad either. Um, so the two, the two stories we got last night were called Mums and Queen Bee. Mums was directed by Rusty Kundiaf. And if you recall, if that name's ringing a bell, that's Tales from the Hood. Yeah, Rusty C coming back to do do more for us. And the story, actually, believe it or not, was written by Joe Hill. Now, if that name sounds somewhat familiar, that's because Joe Hill, that is the pen name of Joseph Hillstrom King. And if you don't know who that is, that is the son of Stephen King who was a part of the original creep show as well too. So we're getting a nice callback here. So in Mums, the family consists of Jack, Mom Bloom, and Father Hank. Now, Jack seems pretty well adjusted working with his mom on the farm that they live on. Um, Bloom, we kind of find out is a bit of a recovering alcoholic, maybe has some anxiety issues and things like that as well too. Um, she's trying to do right by her son basically. Um, and we can definitely tell that she's trying to kind of break away from the dad. The dad, uh, Hank, played by Ethan Embry, we find out is uh, a bit over the top. He's involved with a militia um, with, you know, the kind of people that we're talking about. We have those people in the real world these days that are guns first. Um, yeah, a little bit, little bit on the weirder side for sure here. A little extremist and everything. And Hank... 
uh, has an issue with Bloom's family, as we could tell from the kind of dialogue that they're going on. And there's clearly an issue in that kind of background. He doesn't trust Bloom either. There's not a lot of love there. And when it seems like Bloom is trying to take their son Jack away and uh, kind of get away from Hank and live their own life, Hank can't have that and chooses to do something about it. Now, these stories in Creepshow are short and sweet. We only get an hour, an hour long episode, and these stories are told in basically two 30 minute segments. So we kind of have to get to the point right away. So some of these stories really benefit from that short runtime because we just get the meat and potatoes. Don't worry about appetizers. Don't worry about dessert. It's just the main course and we're right into it. Some of these would really benefit from like just a little bit longer, even if it was like an additional 10 minutes. And I realize it's not like they can easily just say, yeah, cool, extra 10 minutes. Like usually the season finale is a bit longer. It ends up being like almost the length of a movie a lot of times. Um, but it is kind of hard to like get sometimes get certain stories only 30 minutes and it just doesn't seem like it's getting the attention that it really should be if you know what i mean um and mom's kind of in uh, like seemed that way it was reminiscent of a few other stories that we've seen in not only just in creep show before but across a number of other anthology tales and that's not a bad thing i never i never actually hold that against anybody when it comes to an anthology story because that's kind of the idea is that we just hear a bunch of stories and sometimes they're different adaptations of stories that we know pretty well so i never have an issue with seeing something that seems like it's a bit um not repetitive uh maybe derivative uh and i don't mean that in a bad way but mom's uh mom's was left left me a little bit lacking if i was going to be completely honest about it um the twist here being is that the mother and her family um kind of have some monsterly otherworldly uh relations in their blood and that's kind of the twist here with it and again like the gore in it uh, in this episode was fantastic honestly like uh it does get bloody and there's a few very brutal deaths in it as well too and uh ethan Embry is fantastic in anything he does which is kind of crazy because like he plays like those uh like him doing all like the roles of his childhood like can't hardly wait and vegas vacation and uh shit like that like he always plays like this happy-go-lucky upbeat uh wide-eyed like protagonist and as he's gotten older he gets to play like these gruffer like kind of meaner roles he does a really really good job in these roles like he did a movie called cheap thrills uh, a few years back with david kochner uh that he was just phenomenal in. and he's good in this one as well too uh the story itself just wasn't really that creepy and especially uh we we all just got done recently watching vhs 94 last week and the tale of the militia in that um, just had very much some parallels with Ethan Embry's character and his friends and mums as well. So it's not a bad story, but it wasn't as strong, wasn't as powerful as I would have hoped for the first uh, first segment of the new season. Queen Bee was directed by Greg Nicotero. You should know that name from The Walking Dead and a bunch of horror stuff of our past. Um, and Queen Bee tells the story of a group of kids who are fans of a pop star and they find out that this pop star is pregnant and about to have their kid and uh, about to have her kid. And one of these group of children, uh, their mom works as a nurse at their hospital where this pop star Regina is going to have her kid. So they decide, look, we're going to break in. We're going to go find her so we can catch a glimpse of her, of the baby, see whatever we can. And of course, it's creep show. There's got to be some insane twist coming to it. And it's interesting because fandom for everything doesn't matter what it is for you know for music for uh for for movies for tv show for sports anything whatever it is these days 
fandom is absolutely batshit insane and people uh go absolutely crazy for things that they that they love that they take a real big interest in and that's kind of the tale that queen b was talking about here about the lengths that fans will go through to impress their idols to impress these people that they're just in love with and now sometimes that can be absolutely deadly and i did actually enjoy this story uh because i didn't know where it was going and you kind of assumed uh, again knowing creep show and knowing how crazy these stories get you kind of had to assume that this was going to have something to do with that baby with regina's baby and it wasn't going to be normal there was going to be a problem coming up from it and man they just hit it out of the park with what the reveal ends up being with it and how it affects everybody. I absolutely loved it, honestly. I thought this was actually a really strong and actually a bit of a funny story as well, too. And that's when Creepshow works its best is when it can balance the horror and the humor. Because when it goes too overboard in the humor, a lot of times it's not actually funny. And when it goes too overboard in the horror, sometimes it's not actually scary. And Queen Bee, I felt, actually kind of balanced those two tropes very, very well, honestly. Like everything kind of mixed together the way that it should have. And it gave me hope for this season. Um, I know, again, my man E was not too for, uh, too thrilled with this episode, but I thought that that's a good way to start off with. You don't want to start heavy-handed because um, then you don't get to build everything up. And I have seen uh, the, the other episode two and episode three, which are absolutely off the charts. They are fantastic. Uh, so I can promise you that Creepshow season does improve as we keep on going on. So excited to keep watching that one with y'all. We're going to be doing that in the watch party, bringing that back in November. So we'll have the whole season kind of ready to go at that point. And finally, that brings us to Day of the Dead. Now, this show was announced uh, in the last year here. And a lot of folks are very skeptical, including myself, because there have been other Day of the Dead adaptations that were done outside of the Romero original. And none of them have been good. Just going to be be completely honest about that. Not a single one has been good. I myself put a lot of faith into the one that came almost right after Dawn of the Dead came out. If you remember, Zack Snyder uh, took it upon himself to remake the George Romero classic Dawn of the Dead. And almost immediately after that movie came out and was a big success, everybody assumed that we would likely get a Day of the Dead remake. Just because night had been remade already we just got the dawn remake so it makes sense that day of the dead's gonna get one as well too and that got talked about for a while but it pretty much got shelved and that movie became uh army of the dead which we got on netflix this year which is also a phenomenal fucking film but the original day of the dead uh told a very much isolated story about a group of characters uh who are living in a military base the zombie apocalypse has happened we don't know if there's anybody left uh, left out in the world these days. Supplies are dwindling. People are going crazy. Tensions are getting high. And how will these group of people in this army base kind of live their lives? It is my favorite zombie movie. I do enjoy it more than Dawn of the Dead, which I know is like the one for everybody. The original Dawn by the Dead. I do like the remake, but the original Dawn. Um, but Day of the Dead was always my favorite. I, I enjoyed the breaking point of all the characters because that's what it is in zombie movies. Like... The zombies are one enemy and then your hum human element is your second one and for me it's always about that human element because the zombies are typically going to be good no matter what you know people are going to die something's going to get fucked up they're going to get in but it's the human element i'm always interested in because i want to see how shit breaks down 
And it's a reason why I enjoyed the Night of the Living Dead remake that Savini did, because I love the way that shit eventually breaks down with Cooper and Ben. Um, I, I do love the Dawn of the Dead remake. I love the original as well, too. Um, but I love seeing that because uh, our character is more specifically Flyboy, Steven, can't stand to let somebody else take this treasure chest that they've taken over at the mall and he he basically damns them he screws them all by wanting to hang on to these possessions there um and day of the dead had a great turn with the humans in that as well too so i didn't know what to expect with this show i wasn't honestly too hopeful for it um romero obviously is not involved as he passed away but his estate was involved and then details started coming out that this would somehow have a link to the movie which I don't know how that was going to be unless this was going to be a period piece because Day of the Dead, while there's nothing to explicitly say that it takes place when it was filmed, which is obviously back in the 80s there, there's nothing to say that couldn't be the, be the case there in the movie. The TV show has technology in it that very much states we're in the present day. So I guess we could say that we're taking the story of Day of the Dead and we're just putting it in present day, which is not really a problem. Um, I just hope that that doesn't mean we're looking for original cast members to show up because I can deal without that because we already got to see what looks to be Captain Rhodes uh, in this show as well, too, who is not in, uh, in the Army or the military, Marines, whatever there. Um, he is running a construction site. And that uh, was the most interesting reveal in this show. This show talks about a, a lot of different story threads that are going on. So, for example... We have um, Cam McDermott, who is the son of a local police detective, and he's trying to work all these jobs to get out of Pennsylvania and do something with his life. His relationship with his dad is very strained, uh, very strained, uh, obviously. Uh, we have Luke, who is the son of the mayor, Paula, who, a uh, bit of a bully, bit of an asshole and everything, but the series starts off with showing Luke and Cam together trying to escape a few zombies. So clearly those edges are going to get smoothed out over the course of the show. Um, we have Lauren, uh, who is the assistant mortician at a local mortuary, who ends up being in the thick of things when the zombie outbreak first starts off. Uh, we have Sarah, who is a former special, uh, special forces uh, person who is working on the fracking uh, mining crew on the outside of town. She's the one that finds um, the mysterious body that kind of brings about the zombie invasion as well too now the show very slow paced um, we're kind of seeing everybody's lives around in this town and kind of all the scandals they're involved with for example the mayor paula turns out her husband is sleeping with her campaign aide uh and they're having an affair so that's clearly going to come up later uh later on there the mayor also who will probably end up being one of our main protagonists uh, very much portrayed as like this right wing, uh, this right wing nut, Second Amendment, all that kind of stuff there. So obviously that's going to come up as well, too. Um, but the show is very kind of muted. First of all, we get the zombie invasion a little more than halfway through through the show itself. Lauren, our assistant mortician, is working on a dead body at the mortuary that eventually reanimates and kind of sets some of the things off. Um, Cam. Uh, who's working, uh, who's mowing the lawn at the local cemetery. Same thing, zombies start coming out. He's trying to escape and he's dealing with that as well too. So the series is like doing a bit of a slow burn to get to where I assume we're going with the actual Day of the Dead show is ending up in the army base. But I have to assume that's very much in-game status because even in Day of the Dead, 
we're led to believe that these people have been down there for a while and this is like months or even years after everything's kind of started with the zombie invasion so i feel that if we are getting to the army base in the day of the dead that's very very far off like we could see that pop up over the course of the show but i feel it's kind of like the walking dead tv show to where we didn't get the prison for a little bit because we have to kind of work our way to the prison and the governor and all that kind of shit i think that's going to be the same thing here with day of the dead but i enjoyed what i what i saw um the zombies that were in it the my only complaint would be is that right off the jump it does seem like they're closer to return of the uh reliving uh, the return of the living dead zombies which if you ever see it an awesome zombie movie um those zombies basically can't die unless you reduce them to dust reduce them to ash at that point because we got to see multiple zombies in this get their head smashed in get shot in the head get stabbed in the head and they were still kicking and moving so very clearly headshots don't look to be doing much against these kind of zombies so we'll see how that works out over the course of this show but i'm excited to keep watching it it does feel fresh and as somebody who hasn't really enjoyed the walking dead in a long long time it's not for me i enjoy fear the walking dead i think fear the walking dead's pretty good but um i kind of got fed up with the original show years back uh so as somebody who does love zombie medium and I want to see more stories in that world. And especially any stories that are going to feature Day of the Dead shit. I'm in. Let's do it. So that's that, y'all. We talked Chucky. We talked Creep Show. We talked Day of the Dead. Excited to have talked a little bit more TV with you. Uh, please make sure you're tuning in for Chucky every Tuesday night on USA and Sci-Fi. Day of the Dead premieres this Friday um, on the USA. Uh, excuse me, on Sci-Fi. No, it's on USA. On USA as well, too. But I think that's you. USA and Sci-Fi as well. And Creepshow, uh, season three right now is on Shudder. AMC is showing season two right now. They will show season three in the spring, I believe it is there. But if you have Shudder, Creepshow season three is airing on Shudder right now. I uh, definitely want to check all those shows out. Folks, we are watching movies in the Discord. If you want to see what we're watching, you got to get to the Facebook group to check it out. Uh, next week, next week, another new episode coming for you. Remember, Monday, I will have a new episode talking, episode two of Killer Camp. And then next week, we're going to see what we're going to be talking, folks. I'm excited to get into some stuff with you. Um, yeah, and Halloween's coming up. I want to see those costumes, folks. So let me see what you're wearing for Halloween. Let's get those costume ideas out. Make sure to like, to comment, and to share. But that's going to do it for us, folks. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scary.